Morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Well, good, good. I really just wanted to welcome you to Church in the Valley today. We're really glad you guys decided to spend some time with us today. Uh, my name is Jeep Underwood, and we're going to be looking forward towards what God wants to do in us and through us this year. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Now, the month of Jan- we're in the month of January now, uh, and you know I just recently found out that the month of January was named after uh, a Roman mythical god named Janus, and Janus is like in the Roman mythology, he is a, he's a god who has two heads. Uh, one head is looking to the future, one kid, one head is looking to the back. So he's looking forward and backward at the same time. And I thought it's really appropriate for the month of January because this really is a time of the year when, when we look back over the year that was and we look forward to the year that's really coming at us. And so it's just a, it's, it really is a pivotal time and we, we tend to see it that way. And as you look back over the year last year, if you're anything like me, there's things you look back and you think, it's kind of a mixed bag sometimes. You know, it's like there's there's things that went well. There's uh there's some success that's happened in your life. Um and then, you know, after some evaluation, you know, maybe you look back and you think, you know, there's some things I really wish I could start over, which is kind of what we talked about last week, is starting over again, how God really wants to be a part of that and help us start over again. And so we have these successes, we have failures, we have things that that maybe we wish we, we hadn't done and Sometimes we look back over the past, we can really struggle. We can really struggle with guilt over the past, guilt over things, fear, doubt. We can uh, just have emotional struggles about things that, are, that have gone on before. And when we, when we fall into that, it really makes it difficult to really move forward into the future. And in fact, it kind of like throws a fog. It throws a real fog over your life where it's really hard to see like where you're headed and where God really wants to take you. I recently just read a story about this, uh, this gal named Florence Chadwick, who back in the 50s, she had decided she wanted to swim. She was a long distance swimmer, which I totally don't understand, but, uh, she wanted to swim from Catalina Island over to the coastline of California. So quite a distance. I'm not sure exactly how far that is, but it's a long ways. And then, uh, she actually, she was a, she was actually a, she'd done very well at this. She was the first woman to swim across the English Channel both directions. Now, I can't imagine getting there and thinking, well, I'm halfway. I just I just can't imagine. In fact, I have a hard time swimming across the pool and thinking i got to go back. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, so she, in uh, Jan- uh, July 4th, 1952, she wades into the water there off Catalina Island and begins to swim. Now, there's some things that were things that were really going on. She, it was really cold. It was like really abnormally cold water. It was... Uh, there actually were some sharks. And have you guys ever, I mean, you think of these long-distance swimmers across these bodies of water. I'm thinking if there's a shark, I'm done. But there's some sharks. They had to get rid of these sharks. They scared these sharks off with rifle shots. She just keeps going. But one thing that was the most, the biggest thing that she faced that day was it was foggy. It was like incredibly foggy. So she's swimming, but she can't really see except like right where she's at. And uh, she swam for about 15 hours before she asked to be pulled out of the water. And her coach was right there. Her trainer was right there saying, please st- stay in there. You're almost there. You're almost there. So she goes, uh, she just, she taps out. She says, I need to get out. And then when she pulled out, she actually was with only about a mile away from land. Now, it must be a crazy distance to think only a mile. If you use the words only a mile away, it must be a long ways. But she's within a mile, and she was real close to her goal, but she just couldn't see it. 
And when they, so after, later she, she was, she made a statement and she said, I'm not trying to make excuses, but if I could have just seen the land, I think I could have made it. If I could have just seen the land, I could have made it. And so today we're going to be, we're going to be looking at, uh, some things that help blow the fog away, uh, as we look into this next year. And we're going to looking back, we're going to look at three things today, things that we need to, things that we need to remember. And then what do we need what do we need to forget? And then what do we need to press on towards? What do we need to remember? What do we need to forget? And what do we need to press on towards? Well, let's, we'll start off with just, you know, things that we need to remember. Um, I, uh, I'd like to look at some things that uh, David uh, said in the, in the Old Testament, in the, in the, in the book of uh, Psalm 103. He, uh, he, he was actually talking to himself in this verse. And he's just reminding himself of things that God had really done for him. And he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. um, Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You know, one thing we need to do as we go into this next year is just is to take some time and stir up the memories of what God's really done for us, what God's really done in our lives. And uh, and then to really take some time to really praise Him and to really thank Him for what He's done in our lives. It's really easy to lose sight of just what God's done in your life. Take some time to really do that. So I, this morning I'd like to walk through just some of the benefits that, that David mentions here. And things that we really need to remember. First thing he, t- he says that we need to remember is just forgiveness. That God forgives us. That he pardons our iniquities. You know, several years ago, several years ago, I was uh, with a friend at work and we were going to go to lunch. And we jumped in the elevator. We jumped in the elevator and just before the doors closed, it was just the two of us in the elevator. Uh, just before the doors closed, we, some folks were walking by the door of the elevator. And all we heard was this one sentence that someone said. And it just kind of reverberated inside the inside the elevator, and this guy just said, I just want what I deserve. And I remember when the door shut, I thought, man, I, I told my friend, I said, uh, well, I'm glad we left that floor. <laughs> and he said, why is that? I said, well, he might get it. <laughs> I don't want to be there. Uh, and then I, and I said, you know what? I told my friend, I said, I definitely don't want what I deserve. And he goes, what do you what do you mean? And so we actually opened up a conversation with us just to talk about the gospel and what God had really done in my life. Um, you look at, I'd like to look just a little further in Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 10. It says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. God, He doesn't give us what, I, what we deserve. He gives us what we don't deserve. And that uh, he, really, he really moves towards us and calls us into relationship with Him. And then the very next thing, the very next verse in verse 11 and 12, he goes on and David says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from him, from uh, his, our transgressions from us. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I spent some time in, I had to go to geography. Like it was a required thing I had to take when I was in engineering. I had to do surveying, I had to do geography. I remember one day we had this big debate in geography is about north, south, east, and west. Like, and so I won't go through the whole debate, but there were some people on both sides that were feeling very strongly that 
uh, about this subject. And so I just want to just kind of boil it down to this. There's a, if you had a vehicle, if you had a vehicle that could drive across land, it could go across the ice, it could go across water, it could go anywhere, and you were to get in it and drove, just go north, you'd go north, you'd go all the way up to the top of the world, and when you got to the North Pole, you would begin going south. And then as you keep going around, when you got to the South Pole, you'd start going north again. So there's, a, there's an end to south, there's an end to north. But if you were to jump in the same vehicle and head east, you go past New York, and then you just keep going around the world. And then you come back to where you started, you'd still be going east. And it just happened forever. You just keep going east. And then, if you do the same thing, if you go west, you go around west. And so, they actually never ever meet. It's, a, the, the, it's infinity. They'll never never meet. Someone, uh, now I don't, the, the, the writers of the, of the Old Testament probably didn't understand that the world was round. But God did. And so when God inspired David to write this, he knew what he was saying. And that is that when he moves his, our transgressions from us, the, the distance he moves it from us is just infinite. It's no longer even in our, in our orbit. And so that's, that's huge. Um, one of the next benefits that David talks about in the, the verse passage we looked at was that he redeems us. He redeems us. He redeems your life from the pit. And when you look at that word pit, what it, what it means is like destructions or traps. They're things that, that get a hold of you, that literally, literally pull your life down, that you can't, you can't really get away from. The, uh, and the, he has really delivered us from those. If we look back in our lives, look back to those things in our lives that really held on to us. And they really held on to us. We couldn't break free of them. Then when we came to Christ, when we decided to really follow him, he really broke those bondage and, the, and those chains that really held us. I've, I read a biography on, a guy, on uh, John Newton, who's, who's the man who wrote uh, Amazing Grace. It's a great biography. But he, he had a very interesting life growing up. Uh, he, he wound up uh, being pressed into service for the Royal Navy when he was real young. He wound up on a slave ship. He wound up actually being a slave uh, in the West Coast for about a year. Uh, and then he, he got back onto a slave ship, and he spent the first... Uh, 15 plus years of his life as a sailor. Now the lifestyle of a sailor has a lot of, a lot of pits you can fall into and he fell into most of them. And there's just things that really had just really grabbed a hold of his life. And so when he, uh, in 1748, he connected with God. God really connected with him through his circumstances. And he, when he converted to Christianity, he was broken free of a whole lot of things that God had really, that, that, uh, he had really gotten into and really gotten a hold of his life. And, when he wrote, uh, Amazing Grace, How Great the Sound, that saved a wretch like me, he was thinking of himself. And, he, and he, he, when he said wretch, he knew exactly the, the, just where he had come from. In fact, uh, one of his biographers, a guy named William Jay, who was a friend of his, said that over his desk, if he went to John Newton's study at the church, because he eventually became a pastor, if he went to his desk, on the wall he had a plaque. And on that plaque he had the... Deuteronomy 15.15. And Deuteronomy 15.15 just says this, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. And so John Newton, when he sat at his study, when he was preparing his talks, when he was working with the the work of the church, he would look up and he would remember where he'd come from and what God had really done in his life. Huge, huge uh, thing to remember 
the chains that held you. There's an old Stevens Curtis Chapman song. I'm giving my age now. Uh, but there's a, one of my favorite songs he sings has this line in it. It says, remember the chains that once held you and remember the chains are gone. That's a very powerful thing as you move into the future. And then, uh, as you go on with what, what David says for us to remember, he says he crown, he says God crowns us with loving kindness and compassion. Uh, he really cares about us and he really, um, he really empathizes with us and he really cares. And the next, the next thing, the last thing that David mentions in that first passage we looked at is that God really satisfies us. God really satisfies us. He says, who satisfies your years with good things. He says, you know, and I think those good things that he's talking about is the things he just mentioned. And that's the forgiveness that he gives us. The, he redeems us from the pit. He heals our diseases and he surrounds us with his love and his compassion. It's really that satisfaction in God and what, and what he's done and who he is that really makes a huge difference in our lives and it satisfies us. It's, and Jesus really, when he talked to the woman at the well, he said this one phrase that stood, really stood out to me one time a few years ago when I was reading through it. He said, whoever drinks of the water that I give him, it will become in him a well of water springing up to life eternal. And so when we come to God, it isn't like a one-time drink. It's actually God becomes in us a real uh, never-ending eternal source of satisfaction. And so we really need to, we really pursue him. We really get satisfied in him. And that's really how God satisfies us is on a day-to-day basis as we pursue him. And so what David says is he satisfies us so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. You know, when you remember those things and you're pursuing your satisfaction in God, what it does is it gives you strength and hope and optimism for the future. It really does, it really does make a difference. And it begins to blow some of that fog away. Then, uh, so we've looked at some, there's some things that we need to remember. I'd like to look at, uh, something we need to forget. Some things we need to forget. Uh, Paul in the, in the New Testament was someone who never forgot. He always remembered what God had really done for him. And this is something that he said to the Philippians, uh, as he was looking forward to the future. And so let's take a look at Philippians 3, 13 and 14. It says, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. We're going to look in a minute what he, what he meant by onward, what, he, what he's pressing on towards. But right in the middle of looking to the future, he says, I forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. You know, Paul, and when, when Paul looked back in his life, there were some things that he, he really wished weren't there. You know, he was a persecutor of the church. He was, uh, he had actually really tried to eradicate the church. He was a, he was a Pharisee who was really zealous for God. He really just misunderstood a lot of what God was doing. And he, he tried to eradicate that. He actually held the coats of the, of the men who had stoned Stephen. And it was something that, that really marked him. He, he never forgot, uh, the things that, that he had done. And he, he sought out, you know, he, he, he sought out Christians. He put people, he put people in jail trying to stop this movement. But one thing Paul never did is he never, he was never governed by his past. When God really invaded his life and saved him and really uh, forgave him, uh, he didn't let his past rule over him. He really, he didn't erase his past from his memory, but he didn't let his past rule over him. 
And he remembered, he remembered the things we talked about before, that God had really removed his transgressions from him. And that he was really freed to really, to really look at the future and go to the future. So, you know, many of us, uh, many of us who are followers of Christ have really accepted Christ and accepted his forgiveness and made him the boss of our lives. You know, there's things in our past that we really wish weren't there. I know that's true with me. You know, there's failures and there's sin, but we, we, we can actually, because of God, of Jesus' forgiveness, we can actually move into the future with real freedom and really be a part of what God's wanting to do in the world. And when we remember and we forget those things that, that would hold us back, that really does, it blows away the fog so we can see more clearly to really press on towards what God wants us to do. And so I'd like to go back, let's go back to Philippians 3. Uh, in fact, it, it says, Paul said this, he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. He said this one thing I do. He, he, what it does is it just shows his passionate pursuit. He's, he's not letting other pursuits get in the way. He's going to pursue this one thing. And, but what is that one thing that he was pressing on towards? Uh, I'd like to look, look at a few verses earlier because Paul actually says quite a bit right here in this chunk of, uh, of, uh, Philippians chapter three. I'd like to look back at chapters, I mean, uh, chapter three, verses seven and eight to get kind of a feel for what it is that he's talking about. Paul says this, he says, but whatever things were gained for me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. So there's, there's three times, three times that Paul says he counts all other gains as loss. And he points to the other gain, the gain that he's really going towards, and that is for the sake of Christ, the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, and also that I may gain Christ. It seems that the one thing that, that Paul's pursuing is to know Christ more and more and more each day. Just to, it's what he, it's what he invested everything in was to just pursue his knowledge of Christ and to really let that inform the way he lived his life. And for him, all other pursuits just paled in comparison. Now the more, the more you get to know Jesus, the more you can see other people around you and their needs. You can see other people around you and their needs for what it is that God's really done in your life. And it really, it opens you up to really see them and then give you opportunity to really help them connect with God the way you have. In fact, you, you really see this, you really see this with Paul when he was starting the Philippian church is they had come in, uh, he and Silas had come into, uh, Philippi and they began a ministry there, began to connect with people, began to ministry there. And then they were arrested because of some of the things they were doing. They were arrested and they were thrown into jail and they were beaten. And I'd like to just take a look at Acts 16 about what happened, what happened then. It says, when they struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But what but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to, their, to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. You know, they were, they'd been beaten, they're thrown into prison. But what they did is they, they, they were continuing to pursue God. And they also, they, they remembered what God had really been doing in their lives. They remembered what God had done and what he was doing. And even though they're in this circumstance, it's really dire. 
very extreme circumstance, their response was to actually just to praise, to remember what God was doing and to praise him. And then the people around him were seeing that. And then what happened is there was an earthquake. God sent an earthquake and opened up every jail cell, knocked all the shackles off everyone's feet, and really freaked out probably everyone and freaked out the guard. And all of a sudden all the doors are open and he, he begins to think, you know what, I was given this charge and this is not going to go well for me. And he actually begins to, he was really strongly considering taking his life. Paul, the one who'd just been beaten and thrown into prison, his, his antenna is up and he looks at, he looks at the jailer and he's, he moves towards him. He sees him as someone who needs Jesus. And he says, no, don't hurt yourself. We're all still here. And the jailer comes over and talks to him and the jailer says, what, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And then Paul, he says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. And what, and he responds to that and his whole household comes to faith. In fact, they became part of the nucleus of this new church in Philippi that Paul was writing to. One thing, one thing you see, like, one thing you see illustrated there in that is that, you know, God, God was really moving through their circumstances and giving them opportunities, even in the midst of those extreme circumstances, to really make a difference in people's lives. But because of the way Paul was really getting the satisfaction from God and, and really walking with him, he actually saw the opportunity and was able to really help the Philippian jailer. And that same thing is true with us. You know, as we look forward in this next year, when we remember, we remember all of God's benefits towards us. The, for, the way He forgives us, the way He heals us, the way He redeems us from the chains that held us, uh, the way He surrounds us with love and compassion. And we forget all of our, we forget our failures and sin. We're not governed by them because they've been forgiven. And we passionately press on to know Jesus. And to be satisfied in Him, what it does is it does, it frees us up to really see the people around us and their need for what we've found. And it does blow that fog away so that we can really make a difference in people's lives and God could really use us. I'd like this, I'd like, I want, I want us to watch a, a movie clip right now. It's from a movie called, uh, Grace Unplugged. And it's a, it's a, it's a movie about, uh, a young teenage gal who really walks away from her family pursuing her dream. And honestly, I have a hard time watching this movie. Because it just, it just, I have a daughter and it runs very, it's just a very moving movie and it's very hard for me to watch. But what it is is she goes off, she really wants a successful singing career, so she just ventures off and what she does is she burns a lot of bridges. She really treats her mom and dad with disrespect. She really, really hurts them and she really hurts some people in the church that she left. But this, this clip is her coming back. She's coming back. What happened is God brings her to the end of her rope. And she really responds to him and she steps into the faith and she becomes a follower of Christ. And God really forgives her the way we've been describing today. And then she comes back and she asks them for their forgiveness. I want us to watch this clip and then uh, we'll come back. Probably didn't expect to see me here this morning. Most of you know I didn't exactly leave on the best of terms. And I know along the way I hurt some of you. And for that, I, I wanted to ask if you could please forgive me, please. The real issue, it wasn't with you. It was me. I was the problem. So this morning, I asked Pastor Tim, and he said it was fine if I could play a song for you that I wrote, my first song. <laughs> I 
and I want to dedicate to my mom and my dad and my love so much. see in her life is she saw where she had been God had really forgiven her and as she cleared it up with other people what you see in her life is just a real with the very last scene you just see a real scene of freedom freedom just opening up where she can just relate with people and she could really connect with people especially people that she had actually wronged You know, as we look forward to this, and we look forward to this coming year, I would really encourage each one of us to really press on towards knowing Christ more and more and more. 
to really resolve to let no other pursuit compete with that. And then to remember all that God has done for us. And then forget our failures and our sin that lie behind us because he has forgiven us of that. And not let that hold us back. But to really just enjoy a relationship with him and uh, and carve time out to get to know him more. I'd like to, I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and uh, come back up as they go through some next steps. And then if you haven't had a chance to finish filling out your connection card, now's a great time to do that. You can drop it in the offering buckets when they come by. But for you this morning, maybe, maybe for you a next step would just be to accept Christ's forgiveness and really make him the boss of your life and really experience what we've been talking about. You know, maybe, maybe for you this morning, just taking time to remember what God's done and to really thank him for that and just really let that resonate with you. Maybe that's the next step for you today and, and maybe for uh, for some of us, just to just to schedule some daily time to just get to know God more. Let me pray, and we'll get back to the service. Dear God, Father, I just pray this morning that that you, Father, would draw us to you, and God, that as we return to you, that you return to us. And God, I just pray that you just re- help us just to remember what you've done in our lives. And God, I pray that that would really mark us. And I pray, God, that if we would turn towards the future, that we do that with hope and with optimism. And, God, just, uh, just gratefulness to you. In Jesus' name, amen.